Yeah, 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 are we back? I see you, I see people, howdy, interwebs. Hey, how's it going? It's Scooby on the Rye, episode 142. 142, yes. And we're recording a couple episodes back to back tonight because we missed a couple weeks and there was just so much stuff to talk about we didn't want to keep... You know, our old habit of trying to cram it all into one episode after it's a couple weeks. It's easy just to do it this way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're parsed you know, it out. Podcast, uh, predominantly audio podcast. Yeah, we can do that. Yes, sir. We're still working on the YouTube videos of the version, but we're going to look at those as like an enhanced thing. So Enhance that, your yeah. experience, people. Yes, <laughs> yes. Working on that. We'll see how those go through. Those will drop at some point. Yes, sir. All righty. So what we got for tonight... We got, uh, we got a, uh, a review about a bear. A review about a bear. Yeah. And, uh, and, and a great story about not doing drugs. Yes. Don't. Um, unless. Maybe. Nope. Who knows? Uh, then we're going to talk about another uh, another uh, rough world with uh, where drugs were. Uh, drugs might have been involved. Maybe. But <laughs> hey. Uh, you know, a, ra- a recap of a few episodes of The Last of Us. Yeah. Some show recommendations. Uh, we also, what's on our bench. And what's on the bench, what we've been up to, and some news and odds and ends pieces. So, oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. We are scattered, but well, not we splattered. Got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of news and odds and ends to talk about this week. Oh, yes. All right. Quick well, hitters, but they're still worth talking well, about. Well, let's get into it. All right, Ryan. What, 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 what's on? What, what, what tale of educational prowess the educational prowess of my system is that lots of reading about Pocahontas not going to elaborate further more than that because I've been talking about it for many weeks already but other than that had a paper to do where we had to rewrite uh, our idea of how we would uh, um, talk about the Jamestown settlement um, you know doing a front face of the pub uh, of the history but with a little bit more knowledge you know how much is too much but i got that paper in submitted it we'll see what happens uh but also one thing that has been you know on my mind this last few weeks is that answer this question for me scoob we are in winter we are in winter this is supposed to be the time of winter since it's january february marches supposed to be winter right for the most part well we have not really been having a lot of winter in the last few weeks we've been having a lot of summer so, with that, I'm not going to say I'm not okay with it. I enjoy it. But, you know, if I want winter, you know, winter should have winter renters, summer have summer weather. But I am enjoying the summer weather. So, you know, me, my girlfriend Angelica did go down, skedaddle down towards the beach and enjoyed a little bit of walk on the boardwalk in beach time. You can find my stuff on the grams of instant if you want to. But other than that, yeah. Excuse me. But even with the positivity of the weather... Something happened that I didn't like, and my phone died. So I had to get a new phone. And uh, I am a Samsung person and an Android person, so you know I stuck the guns with Samsung. But I uh, went up to Best Buy, got a replacement. Kind of had to get this one because it was the only one available. But I got the Samsung S23 Ultra. Not sure if y'all can see it. It's right here. Yep, right here. You see the screen. It's a really big phone, as you can see. Big phones, uh, S28. I have the 128 gig model. Um, it does come with the, the the pen. You know, the pen right here. You can do a lot of different things here and write and stuff. But the one good thing is it's a big phone. It's very adaptable. 
Um, and the one thing I like about it is with this case, it's got the handle on the back. So, you know, it's not going to drop. You can see me wiggling on the videos if you see the videos. But yeah, had to get a replacement. And it's a big bone. But hey, it is what it is. But that's all I've done the last week or so with the abnormal weather and all that good stuff. So what about you, Scoop? What have you been doing? Well, I have been uh, finishing up uh, work on this uh, new this crafting table, workbench, podcasting station. Um, finished that project up, did some, uh, infrastructure on the shop. I had a, uh, I had a, I, there's a, there's a carpenter I followed. Uh, his name's Ron Polk, P-A-U-L-K. Uh, he's up in the uh, Pacific Northwest and he had come up with a rather unique, uh, mobile bench system. Um, it's, uh, based, it, the design is very similar to aircraft uh, structural design. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's finding a way to, it's that balance between structurally sound and may, and keeping things light. Uh, so I had built one of his, one of his benches a few years ago and was trying, cause it incorporated a rotting station as, and whatnot. Uh, of course my take, uh, I, I tweaked it with my particular style, which, you know, I could do that. Yep. Do yo, do and, yo. I had the I have a assembly table I've been working on, uh, which is a collection of uh, some leftover parts from a company called Flexa. They make a uh, kids furniture. It's kind of like IKEA, um, but their stuff is a uh, very particular. It's either going to be in natural wood or it's going to be white. Uh, they, a lot of their stuff is like uh, taking small planks and gluing them together to make panels. Okay. Um, and then I have this old kitchen table. Okay. Uh, so with the so with the old kitchen table, it was like we had it, had it, and it's like all right, not really gonna use it. So I took it out to the shop, and as I'm working on my shop, I realized the end goal is gonna be taking my office that we're in and moving it out to the shop so that I have it all in one place. I can I, I podcast and work on miniatures, uh, work on crafting and model building because that's what I want the shop to be kind of focusing on as that particular craft. Not so much furniture making, but I'm capable of making furniture if I need to. You are crafty, my friend. I'm I try. You know, third gen third third generation carpenter. It's like it's I just can't get away from it. Yeah, you you got the skills. <laughs> you know what to do. Um, so it's like I've got this table. It's a pretty sturdy table. We added legs to it we added wheels to it so it moves around i added a uh, 11 inch uh, 11 and three quarter inch back uh backstop to three to three sides of it so that i could put my paints and whatnot on here and not have to worry about it being pushed off and then account for uh the, the stand that holds the microphones and cameras um but back to the shop with these three tables why this is a component is I ended up taking the table, the kitchen table, and breaking it into two parts, its top and its legs. I put the top on my assembly table, and I put the legs under the polk bench to where I combine, I, I combine, I made two functional spaces out of three pieces of furniture. Um, because as I was alluding to, is I want to take the office and move it out to the shop so it's all in one spot. Well, let's be real there is not enough room in the shop for every piece of furniture. So I have to start thinking about, okay, 
how am I going to fit all of this in there? Because, you know, that's the thing. He's like, you don't want it to be cluttered, because if it's cluttered, I'm not going to want to go out there. Yeah, that's true. And I'm incorporating some new methodologies and logics. And I was like, okay, how can I rearrange and redesign and rebuild and see, okay, start making our choice. Like, do I need this piece of equipment? Do I need this piece of furniture? Yes or no. If it's no, then it can go. If it's, I can find, I can restructure it in a different way, then yeah. So that's leading into being working through projects. Uh, my next one is I had a bookcase that, uh, an old, like, Walmart particle board POS bookcase um build it kind of deal and i'm going to take that and i'm going to rebuild it add some more structure and then put it on caster so that it's a mobile bookcase and bring it back in here to the office because i have a box of books and need to get away but i've cleared enough room that that is my next project is another furniture rebuild which is kind of funny um because i would recommend a youtube channel it's called make something with david pachuto check it out people uh, he used to be called the Drunken Wood Woodworker. Now he's in Make Something. But he's been doing a series recently where he takes uh, a cheap Walmart-type item and adds a carpenter or wood, uh, a maker's uh, appeal to it to kind of redesign it into a more into a stronger, more aesthetically pleasing piece. Uh, he did like he, if you could picture you go to Walmart and uh, Walmart or Target and they got the that cheap plastic three drawer thing, you know? Yep, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so it's like you know, it's like you look at it, it's like oh, it's functional, but it's cheap and it'll it'll break if I look at it wrong. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, I have a few of those from Target and they haven't really broke, but they can. They can. They can. And if you're not nice to it, they can. So been nice to he, he he took one of those and then redid the redid the case in wood, kept reused the used the drawers, and made it a, a stronger, prettier piece. And his second one he did was he had uh, taken a lava lamp. Oh, I haven't had one of those in a while. He took a lava lamp and built a wood enclosure uh, to put it put it inside a wood enclosure. So it was like a lot of fun working through that process. <laughs> That's but, cool. You know, it, it kind of inspired me to find ways to repurpose the, this, this this extra furniture I've got hey, and make whatever it works best. more functional, which is great because now it's like every time I go through things and now it's like, okay, how quick can I get to X, Y, and Z? Um, and I just got some new floor. I, I got to the point of the project where it's like I've got floor levelers uh for the table and i've just got to in install them and each one of them is rated for like 800 pounds so it's perfect for a shop as well as designing another piece of so shop furniture i'm hoping i can build in the next few weeks for uh all my benchtop tools and a smaller project is i was making new paint holders for miniatures i got the idea from um from another youtuber i follow goobertown hobbies check he him out he recently did a thing where he was talking about his different paint handles and I had attempted to make paint handles so that I could like mass paint miniatures and eh, the design was flawed. <coughs> so I took his recommendations and I built, I, I combined what I had and built new ones. And now I'm doing the thing where I'm adding rare earth magnets to each side so that I put, well, I can put magnets in the bases, and then be able to use the magnet to hold the miniature to the paint handle while I'm painting. If I want to do like some bulk uh, paint work, 
you know, an ar a Warhammer army. You got 10, 10 models that are all going to have the same basic paint scheme. It's like, okay, pick one up, paint it, put one down, pick it up, put it down, you know, assembly line. Um, that kind of thing. So that, that's a couple more of the smaller projects I've got on the bench. So it's it's back to that maker life, getting back into the model building and maker things. Hey, you know, it's, it's a thing that you do, and as you know, it's making you lead to bigger and different things. So. Well, one of my friends, he wants to start doing a monthly war table game. Hey, that's always fun. And so it's like, I'm the terrain guy. I haven't <laughs> built terrain in two years, three years. It's like, I'm... I gotta get some. I gotta start getting some building going, yo. Yeah, no, yeah, start building some terrain up. Muscles, so, you know. Oh, you gotta know. start start doing that. Though. Yeah, flex it, but you'll get to it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All righty. Well, that's what all I had. Yep. Yeah. So I guess let's get into our review and talk about a, a walk in the woods. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, nature's on high. You just want to give him a bear hug. The tagline for something is tagline for my review for this wonderful white powder influenced bear of a movie called cocaine bear yes cocaine bear yes sir this if you <laughs> if you've been listening to this podcast and if you listen to uh, our podcast follow us on spotify apple itunes and all the blah, 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 blah places but when i did was doing my top 10 anticipated films this was number two on my list because of i saw a trailer and i was like yes sir and that's what I did. Hey, this is funny because it was listening to you go on and on and on about this this movie. I figured, you know what? I'm going to go watch it. It was a risk. It was a risk. It was a risk. <laughs> but yeah, I had a free morning and it went to the theater for showing. I was surprised you went to see it. Actually. Didn't have a problem finding a seat. And it was an enjoyable time. All right. So before we jump into enjoy, let's just do uh, platform of just the basics because this movie is pretty basic oh, so yeah. this uh, basically the story centers around a group of misfits that have to survive this utmost crazy predator a drug influenced ba black bear pretty much he's high on cocaine she. so uh, she uh, she yes correct me i am sorry uh but yeah a, a female black bear who has somehow got a hold of cocaine because of a drug delivery that went cuckoo and the drugs fell into the Chattanooga Oki National Forest in Georgia. So you have all these characters that converge onto this forest and they have to survive this cocaine infused bear. Now, keep in mind, this is based off a. This is loosely based. Loosely. Off Remember some that. True events of the mid 80s when a, literally a drug. A, there was a. It was a guy shit, moving drugs across across the country via air, airplane and dumped a bunch of it out and he jumped but failed to uh pull a shoot and ended up landing in somebody's driveway in tennessee yeah um but then you know the actual true story is they did is the bear consumed a little bit of cocaine and died of a cocaine overdose so yeah. again drugs suck don't do drugs don't yet but it's you know <laughs> as a premise for a movie and a premise for a comedic gore infested horror movie it kind of works. You know, it, it's hard to draw the line between horror and comedy. Or yeah, I this mean, is it's this this movie bl uh, melds so many different genres, but it kind of finds its own unique niche way. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Which movie? 
It kind of reminds me of Evil Dead. It does. Evil Dead kind of just does its own thing. It's, and it, I, I it's mean, successful. Yeah, it was it was like our but it's more like Evil Dead 2. Yes. Where it's like Evil Dead, they tried to be a horror film, but it came across as a comedy. Yeah. And, you know, Sam Raimi just embraced it for Evil Dead 2. Cocaine Bear really does have some some of that some of that brilliance in the way that it takes horror and thriller and those genres and just throws in just the situational comedy that yeah. is ridiculous and one of my favorite things now wonder woman 1984 could not pull off the 80s this movie pulled off the 80s in fantastic fashion and the way they did that is that what they they played the obvious of the situation and drove this like whimsical delight through the absurdity so what they did is like they have this colorful cast of characters carrie russell Alden Ehrenreich, Ray Liotta in his last known role, O'Shea Jackson Jr., just to name a few. And what they do is that they play off just a simple generic script. They are very tropey, very archetypal. But what it is is their acting and their wittiness of dialogue delivery along with this crazed infused bear. And they just create this a lot of colorful moments driven by this unique MacGuffin. And it's oh. because it's situational. And you know what? It's situational. Just, yeah. You know what? Another thing to add to the comedy element is let's talk about because to me watching this film i really felt like it was a collection of idiots it it was it, it, it's, it's a smart dumb movie and, and you know what straight up thinking about it because there's some recent things going on in the news right now but you know who else was really good at bringing a bringing together a group a group that comes across as a collection of idiots who Bell brooks yeah speaking of mel brooks <laughs> uh history of the world part two is available on hulu no. Yeah, that's a, a series. A, a series. series. But we'll talk about that another but, time. You know, it's but you think about some of his some of the films like Blazing Saddles and and Men in Tights. Life of Brian. It, it's like Body Python, uh, Mel Brooks, this 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 group, this collection of idiots. Yeah, it's 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 so absurd and so just off the wall that like all the situations, it's no predictability in the situations. They just kind of happen for the sake of happening, but. It's the circumstances that make it a delightful and laughable. I laughed hardcore oh, yes. five times in this movie, especially I'm not going to describe it, I'm not going to tell about it, but it involves an ambulance on the run. That's all I'm going to say. That whole park ranger office sequence, start to finish, was hilarious. It's probably one of the greatest uh, sequences I've seen in quite some time. But i mean let's and some of the other now now this is where the clever the cleverness comes in i think is the 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 subtle kind of messaging when it comes to uh neglect and drug use oh yeah these were some these are some topics that come across in the film in a way that makes you think about it but then the, it, it, in a lot of cases, it's wrapped up in a situational comment that is just absolutely hilarious. It's so much, the film is so self-aware of what it's doing, but not trying too hard to be in your face. And the subtlety and the whimsicalness comes into that underlying tone of its stupidity. Oh, so, it's, it's, yeah, it's, that's why I call it a smart, brilliant. dumb movie. It's a smart, dumb movie. But overall, just to wrap it up for me. I think, you know, it's very generic cliche and doesn't go past any real development, but that doesn't make it a determinant from its enjoyment. If you like B-style kind of animal 
craziness and absurdity. Like you said, Mel Brooks, this is one for you. I think it's definitely a crowd pleaser. I gave it a three point five out of five for me. I'm I'm solid three out of five on that one. Yeah. Because it was it was just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. There were some moments where it was like it was a little cheesy and corny, but they passed so quickly. Yep. And the greatest thing about this is that knowing who directed it makes it even more worthwhile. And it's Elizabeth Banks. And I yeah, I don't know. She's she's been an actor in a number of really interesting roles. Yeah, she's been in a lot of different uh, films as an actor, and then she's uh, you know trying her chops at directing. And I don't think she did bad. I think she. I think the choices. I think the person. I think one of my favorite elements is the bear person. Yeah, the bear is definitely. Is a um, scene stealer. She's a scene stealer. I. She is such a. When scene- she. Yeah, she walks up to a group of people, kind of indulges on some more cocaine, and then takes a nap. And that's all I'm going to say. Not necessarily in that order, but yeah. yeah. Uh, just, it's better just just to not know, because when it happens, it's just funny. It is. That movie is so hilarious. Alrighty, let's get on back. Alright. Oh, I closed the wrong tab. But hey, so speaking of tragic... Tragic. Man, well, we got to bring it down. But it's a good bring it down because it's been a great series so far oh, on yes. HBO. The so, Last of Us. So I've watched the latest episodes five, six, and seven. You've only watched five and six, correct? But I know what seven is, yeah. so I'm so, not. We, we could totally talk about yeah, it. Yeah. So I'm not going to go too deep dive into it, but just overall, the series is by far one of the best shows or first uh first seasons of a show i have seen in quite some time and it keeps doing it keeps do no i'm not gonna try again but uh what this series has done so great and this is coming from somebody who's only played a limited of the game is that it is doing a great job of building character building outside building the world and also focusing on the 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 idea of fragile hope and just like you have to cling to all the goodness that you can have in this world especially between joel and ellie and these latest episodes have furthered that relationship as well as some interesting flashbacks that help uh develop why ellie is the way she is yeah so five and six are great because the whole meeting up with tommy and big that first moment where it's like joel is up until that moment joel is trying to get rid of ellie because he's trying to save him save himself from caring yeah and people call him on it yeah ellie calls him on it his brother calls him on it and then you see joel accept that responsibility and uh whatnot and and move forward and and then it, it has a great cliffhanger at the end of six which has a, it's a similar cliffhanger in uh, in the game. Yep. Uh, and right around roughly the same time in this season. So it's like, I'm very curious to see if they're going to do the that next part in the story in, in winter, like they did in the game, or if it's going to be again uh, in the in the or if it's going to stay in the season of the fall, which is kind of what we're seeing yep. uh, with this. Yeah, we so, have to play a wait and see, and just overall, it's 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 um not seeing a really, no 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 cliff off of quality. It's no, still no, still great. It's it's it's, it's absolutely it's phenomenal. Like this, it's great. And episode seven is if you've played The Last of Us, you know that the original Last of Us had a DLC, uh, story, which was Ellie and Riley and how Ellie got infected. 
yeah. initially, and it's the, this it's it's a very it's a very self-contained story, and I'm I like where the showrunner and the decide decision was to put this episode here in the season. Yeah, it's specifically at the beginning as a precursor to the the main story. I like this. I, I like the fact that they chose here to put it because we have our next two episodes. Because uh, there's only two more episodes of The Last of Us, right? Yeah, there's only two nine more for left this first season. Yeah, and we know we know what episode nine is going to be if you played the game. Episode eight is going to be great too, but it's we had this great cliffhanger in six. We have this flashback memory on re and telling the story of Ryan of Ellie and Riley. And then we're gonna go to episode eight. So I think it's a, it, it's it's a lot of smart decisions from a pacing standpoint. I believe in this yeah. that we're seeing, and I just can't wait. I can't wait because so far, yeah. While I have not sat down, I do know that DLC because I played it, and that story is very well done as a self-contained story. And considering we've seen how well they did uh, episode three as being a self-contained element within the world, it's like. So, I'm good. Yeah, it's it's just overall, it's, it's showcasing the writers know how to do pacing and making the right decision on when, like you said, uh, inject certain things into the story and how to backtrack, explain, and build. So, overall, still great. Hopefully, it ends on a high note in episode 8. And Oh, it will. It totally will. Speaking of shows, we do have our segment, the, the, the Recommendation, where me... And Scuba, or one of us, will give a show recommendation of something we've watched or currently watching. So, All right. What you got for us this week? So right? this week, um, I have picked up on a, a recent show. It's, it came out last year, um, and it's called The Recruit. And it's a show on Netflix. It has all the first season on air. It has been really for a second season. And basically what this follows is follows a lawyer at the CIA, and his name goes by Owen Hendricks. And oh. he just started there. And then... What happens is uh, his life gets turned upside down after a specific file encounter that results in him getting entangled with a certain asset that d demands exoneration because she knows secrets. So that's the premise of the show. Um, this show is very witty, smart. It kind of plays along the line of an aloofness and kind of like a, a, an ab absurdity of what uh, uh, espionage can be on the on the funny scale but at the same time it can get really serious really fast so if you're into espionage shows and definitely want to watch something that's a little bit different than your typical james bond or something serious like a born identity this one does a good job of mixing in comedy character and seriousness to produce something that is legitimately can feel real and it but at the funny at the same time on uh, Netflix, there are eight episodes of the first season, and as I mentioned, they greenlit the second season. So you actually have one to talk about uh, for us. Uh, what recommendation do you have, All right, my friend? Back over on Disney Plus. All right, uh, this is uh, the Bad Batch, uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch. This is another show in the uh, Star Wars Clone Wars uh, era. Or actually, this is post-Clone Wars. Um, and this follows a group of clones called Clone Force 99. These are these these are muta these are clones that have uh, certain mutations. And this is the fall of the Republic, the birth of the Empire. 
and they're trying to find their place in the universe yeah. in this in this in this new world and season we, we first see them in the last season of the clone wars and they were part of the first major arc in that which was great because it introduced us to them season one is the okay the events hap that at the events after uh order 66 and the empire taking over and season two really kind of dives in to more of that like we're talking this is within the first i would say six months to two years uh post uh revenge of the sith uh post fall of the republic um and they they're exploring the character growth of the each of the squad members which is great because you know they kind of they they didn't feel like you got much chance to really develop their characters and the show has kind of had this different couple of different vibes going on okay it's had an adventure of the week kind of vibe where it's like each story has uh, had a couple of episodes where the stories were very self-contained um there wasn't really an overarching connection between them um they had a couple episodes that were were they had one two really good ones where the where the where the bad batch was not the they had an episode where the bad batch was not the focus of the episode it was uh being told through other character in the in the in the in the, in the uh, galactic senate okay and the bad batch comes in for the second half of this arc um kind of thing and it's like you, you get some of these and the episode that just dropped today uh was a callback to a fan theory of uh from back during the clone wars uh a great arc about coruscant being attacked by a kaiju and <laughs> this one they follow up on that so from a story perspective it's like if you've seen these older the 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 clone war stuff and the, and the films then you know these are some nice callbacks to that but it's continuing to kind of genre bend and really get into the heart of the inspiration of star wars which is like the old westerns and, Sa and kurosawa samurai films i like a good western yeah these there's a there's a nice two episode arc where it's it's, it's like a western uh vibe uh, for the for the sound design and the location and it looks very much like where they filmed the majority of the old west old western films in the in the midwest um but the story writing is good the 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 overall this is filling in gaps in star wars lore and this was one of the first ones to really kind of start uh exploring a way to this may be an unpopular opinion is they are trying to justify the existence of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> well, you know, you know, there there is good and bad in that trilogy, but you know, I do like the fact that one thing I always say about Star Wars is like expand the universe and go beyond what we know as certain things and oh, yeah. this I at least watched the I at least watched the first season. I'll catch up on the second season, but yeah. Kudos. It, it's great. We'll it's it. great. There's a few more episodes left of the season, but again, the animation is solid. The writing is solid. The character growth and development of the characters is is really nice. Yeah. Um. Uh. Props to 
D. Bradley Baker being the voice of all clones. <laughs> and this is a show where he has to voice four of them. Hey, you know, you know, uh, there's like one person that voices plenty of characters on The Simpsons. So, you know, kudos uh, to y'all. Oh, same thing with Seth MacFarlane and, yeah. and, and uh, Family Guy and Family Guy and American Dad and all the voices he, he does for those shows. Yeah, it's just kudos. That just shows the greatness of voice acting. Oh, yeah. Especially when you just naturally flip from one to one, one to another. Great. All righty. So what we got next? We got some news pieces. Yeah, some some roundabout another segment. We well, got, got a whole bunch of stuff in here. Yep. I, I'm sensing a theme with a few of them. Yeah, sensing a theme. But the thing is, you know, they might seem like a lot, but I always do good at curating quick hitters. So, All right. Well, let's start with the uh, let's start with Netflix slashing pricing. What, what's going All on? All right. With that? So this is reported on Gizmodo. We all know that Netflix has been having some hard times about various different things. But on the plus side, what Netflix is doing to help out their subscribers is that they are slashing prices. This is uh, reported on Gizmodo. Slashing prices in over 30 countries. U.S. isn't one of them, but a majority of them they're listed all across the world in the Middle East, Eastern Europe, Latin America. Uh, and also parts of Asia. So um, the discounting being as much as half of the current monthly subscription in these countries. So um, kudos to Netflix trying to, you know, help out some of their subscribers around the world. Yep. All right. Next, we got a Lego set. All right. Yep. So we know Legos likes to do many and crazy and crafty things. But um, as reported over in CNET, they do have a, uh, a Lego set. They've done Lord of the Rings a Middle Earth type of Lego sets, but they do have a new thing with Lego. They spend a lot more time doing pulp culture references yeah. and oh yeah, they do references. I mean, trust me. Remember, I sent you the picture of the one from Horizon. Oh yeah, yeah. it's already on my wish list on Amazon. I know. There's no, I kinda, there's no you know, bad influence here, but well, hey, I I still I would still love to get my hands on an Imperial Star Destroyer Lego set, Master Master's Collection, uh, which is currently out of print. Yeah. So finding it will be rough, but I would love to build that and dread having to build it because I'll have no idea where to put it. I did have a friend who built the AT-AT okay. out of Lego, and I mean, that thing is massive. Yeah. So it's... I think probably the only Lego set for Star Wars that I'm not thrilled about ever wanting to build is the Death Star. Eh, well, we don't have to worry about that. But... I would much rather build the ships. Yeah. <laughs> Shifts are better, but speaking of massive, so Lego uh, has dived into the Lord of the Rings world over a decade, you know, having different models, but they have actually delivered a truly grand experience where they've done a true plastic brick recreation of Rivendell, and specifically uh, the Council of Rivendell, as this piece is uh, cost over $500 and is has over 6,167 pieces in it. And what makes this so great is that it's such an extravagant recreation of Rivendell with the characters, as you know, from The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, this yeah, it goes on sale in March, which it is March, $500, and it's regular. 30-inch long piece. Yes. So That's going to be massive. To so if you like Legos and you like Lord of the Rings, they're about to release in an epic Rivendell set. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, w Warner Brothers announces that they're going to do more Lord of the Rings films. Yes, and this is reported out of Variety. So recently, the, just the backtrack before this article is like, the rights of the Lord of the Rings and Middle-earth actually got bought up by a game company called Embracer Group. And since they have the licensing out there, they've also, you know, bridged out. You have the series over on Amazon, The Rings of Power. But 
They decided to team up with Warner Brothers again under the new Lion Sin number brand, which did Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And they're going to uh, do multiple films within the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So there's not too much known after that, but it's just interesting to see that they're going to build out other stories from these books. Just these books. That's where they have the rights on Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. But we all know that the appendices are listed in these. So it would be curious to see what stories they will pull or build on. But I think they're going to, if it's going to be Lord of the Rings and, and The Hobbit, it's probably going to be stories from the Third Age. So I could see them doing like a young Aragon movie. I could see them doing something focused on the Witch King of Angmar. Maybe the full story of Smeagol and Gollum. But there's various other stories that they can probably brace on. It would be interesting to see how this will uh, compete and I, le- I use that term loosely. Compete. Compete with the Amazon series, The Rings of Power. Yeah. I think, you know, people are going to do comparison, especially stringent fans like me here. But, you know, with The Rings of Power focusing on the second age, um, and then this probably going to take place in the in the third age, there's not going to be a lot of competition. But there will be a lot of comparisons. Oh, I'm sure no there will be a lot of comparisons. But, but I, I would love to see... I would love to see how the two compete in terms yeah. of quality. audience and yeah. quality. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be year, uh, curious to see, but, you know, since Embracer Group purchased the, the rights to Lord of the Rings, they have been talking about finding ways to milk milk that cow. So we'll see if it actually turns out to be good, but, you know, there's always the bad. Well, since we're talking about Lord of the Rings and their licensing zoned by a gaming company, let's talk about some gaming stuff. All right, so... So, what's this about Game Pass is strong right. in 2023? All right. So, we all, well, at least me, Scuba here, are big Microsoft Xbox uh, fans. And, you know, they've always been, you know, having a shaky thing against uh, PlayStation, especially with the console oh sales God, and stuff. Oh, my God, that whole... Have, what, have you heard some <laughs> of the conversation on that? I have I have seen it in passing, but I've con- kindly ignored it because I was like, I don't want to get right, in the middle so, of this. So, a year ago... A little over a year ago now, uh, Microsoft announced the plans to purchase Activision Blizzard. Yes, sir. I remember that. Bring them into the into the Microsoft family. Yep. And the F the Sony has led a campaign to block this deal. Um, the European the European Union also has filed suit suing over the deal thinking uh, the the, uh, the the overall argument is if Microsoft per, if Microsoft is able to acquire Activision Blizzard then they will hold they there there will be an impact in the term in terms of the games that are available on all consoles i.e we're talking about Call of Duty yep and Call of Duty is probably the biggest one because it is such a powerhouse moneymaker and it has a very strong fan base on the PlayStation platform. And even though Phil Spencer has already said that it makes no financial sense to pull uh, games like Call of Duty from the PlayStation architecture. Yeah, it would be stupid. And make them console Xbox exclusives. It makes no financial sense. No financial sense. But apparently people are not buying that. They're worried about it. And Microsoft, so the mud is being slung. And one of the suggestions from the European, European lawsuit is that they feel that Activision should be broken up 
into its subsist into its individual components and per and and purchased in those individual components. Even Activision was like, that makes no sense either. Oh yeah. So we're gonna see how this goes. I find it very fascinating. And I love some of the arguments where it's like, you know, they're saying that, you know, Xbox will have this monopoly over exclusive titles and everything. And it's Microsoft like the, was like the uh, pot calling the kettle black there. Well, Sony. Yeah, literally, because Sony is like the king of exclusivity. Yeah, they are the king of ex- exclusivity. And then for a long stretch during the PS2 era, it was literally the dominant force when it comes to system. Not saying I didn't like it. I love my oh, PS2. Yeah. PlayStation but, 2 was great. You know, it's, like I, like I said, I'll reference the pot calling the kettle black. So, you know, yeah, it's, it is it, what it's it is. It's funny to see how this goes. But, now, like I said, it's speak, been over a year, so we're going to see how yeah. the if they can finally get through to the point they can complete this acquisition. Yeah, but speaking of this, so what the discussion is here is focused on... You know, Xbox has always been in competition with Sony, but, you know, there's been some positives, some positives so far in the 2023 with Xbox. One being Game Pass, and as reported on IGN, um, they're having their best stretch ever because, you know, Game Pass, you know, they has a lot of good games in the library, but in the last, just this part of this year, they have dropped some bangers on Game Pass. One of them I have played, and it's called Hi-Fi Rush. A very great a pixel work, a pixel digital art style game, um, and then what? Well, also what they're being dropping soon to be on there. Uh, one of them recently is Atomic Hearts, which is a very Bioshock centric game, and it's getting positive buzz. But additionally, they're going to have further other games that are going to be dropping up, coming up in 2023. Trying to bring up the list here. So not only have they had to these two really recent releases, but also, they're going to have other games promised on Game Pass, like uh, Team Ninja's uh, uh, new Soul-like game called Wulong Fallen Fantasy, um, as well as you got MLB The Show that's going to be dropping on Game Pass, which is interesting because MLB The Show is a Sony-developed property being dropped on Game Pass, which is kind of funny. Um, and then you have all the EA exclusives like Madden and stuff like that. And then moving into April, they're going to have Minecraft Legends, um, and then they're also going to have later on a Redfall. Um, they're going to have also um, Valheim, which you've played before. Um, mm-hmm. Ghostwire Tokyo, another Xbox exclusive coming in March. And not to mention they have uh, Shadows Warrior 3 Definitive Edition. And then finally later on in June, knowing but they own Bethesda, they're going to have um, Starfield. So, you know, Game Pass is actually going to have some big hitters. Um, and so that's a positive for Xbox. Another positive for Xbox so far this year is like, we talk about big deals and big acquisition and big things. Well, reported over on Kotaku, they did sign a big deal with another competitor to Sony, and that's Nintendo. So as reported on Kotaku, Microsoft President, Vice Chairman Brad Smith, quote, announced that the company signed a 10-year contract to bring Xbox games to Nintendo consoles. So... He took to Twitter to announce that this is a binding contract promising to drop Xbox games and Activision titles like Call of Duty on the uh, on the Nintendo. So it's, this wraps around to what you mentioned, Scuba, about that acquisition. So even if uh, acquisition has some issues, this specific contract that was signed um, means that they're going to get experience and license games like these on um, on the Nintendo devices, which being one of them. So, 
Well, just saying that, you know, Microsoft is swinging for the fences and hitting some home runs so far this year. I'd say so. That's yeah. damn sure. And especially, like I said, if you have Game Pass and you don't feel like dropping that money, you got a, quite a few good games on there to play. So hey, probably man. a few other ones that we've played and not mentioned, but we're just talking about 20, <laughs> we're just talking about 2023, what they're dropping. So and they're dropping like it's hot. Yeah, <laughs> dropping like it's hot. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting year. I, I'm just going to be hopefully... Oh, and that's what I was going to say. So, at work, we're talking about our next uh, next convention, okay. right? And they put in they put out a couple of choices of where the venue is going to be. And it's like, okay, one of the venues is going to is is going to require like a uh, like a 2-hour shuttle ride from the mm. airport to the venue. 2-hour shuttle ride. Yeah, well, that's a movie right there. Well, that, 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 that's why I bring this up, because uh, I am not going to drive this time, because uh, one, one is, in, one, one is uh, it, where this location is, it's like, it is not practical for me to drive. So where, I, will, I will be doing the flying thing. Where is it going to be located? British Columbia. Oh, well, you could drive there. I, I, no, no. I'm I, not saying you should. I just said you could. Uh, you're right. Could. I could. I could totally drive there. Now that's a that's it, a flight or that's a that, flight that's kind a of flight. That, yeah, I mean, a, that's a that that's a four or five hour flight. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah yeah. But the point of the point of this particular experiment is, as it's a four to five hour flight and then a two hour shuttle ride. I'm probably gonna need some new Switch games. For yeah. Travel. I I had a feeling this was leaving this, but you know. Uh, you do have the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance stuff, so you know the pro that see that's actually my biggest complaint about the Nintendo uh, online uh, Switch online thing. You can't download the games if you do not have an internet connection. You cannot play them. Sadly, you are right. So it's like it's got to be a game that's on a that that is on a chip. Now, I have met I have the Metro franchise, but I don't like the way it plays on the Switch. So I'd have to. The new uh, Zelda game comes out sometime this year. I I'd still have to get Breath of the Wild, but yeah, I could try that. Yeah, could try yeah. that. There you go. But yeah, um. But, but a yeah. Game Pass is gonna come onto the Switch. Hey hey, it works it works. All right, so winding it down, let's go and wrap up. If we're staying on this uh, uh, realm of positivity, let's go and do some. Interesting, positive, maybe some unique odds and ends. All right, let's roll into those odds and ends. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and odds and ends is like, uh, we come and just find some, or let me rephrase that. I find some odd, interesting, and intriguing articles. And this year, I'm actually going to keep the focus of odds and ends on odds and ends articles. So there might be a lot, there might be a little. This <laughs> week, we actually have three. So first one we have is reported out of Gizmo, Gizmodo. Um, so, all right, so we all like to fantasize or imagine being in space or finding ways to get to space. Well, a Japanese startup is trying to make space more accessible, but it's designed for a stratospheric balloon flight looks more like an amusement park ride than an actual, you know, spaceship going to. Oh, yeah, we got, a, we, got a, we got a silver pod with a couple of seats and seat belts, and you're going to tie this to a balloon and lift yep. it and just let it rise to the stratosphere yep. where you can see space see space but you're still tied to a balloon but japanese company iwawa geeken unveiled its small round cabin during a press conference in tokyo 
Um, the plan, quote, calls for a helium-filled balloon, like you said, Scoot, to lift the two-seater to the middle portion of the Earth's atmosphere from where the darkness of space is visible. Wow. So, yep. So the concept calls for a pilot and a passenger to buckle up and ascend to altitudes reaching 15 miles above Earth. Uh, for context, that's still 47 miles shy of the internationally recognized boundary of space. Well, close, but not quite close Yeah, I'm enough. just curious on how much this is going to cost. Okay, the initial Dude. price of the journey... Uh, if you want to talk about it. You no, to... no, by all means, tell me how much I'm All right, never so gonna it's for. going to be 24 million yen, but translate that into American dollars, that's 180,000. Okay, 180,000 to go 15 miles in the air strapped to a balloon. You know, I can just drive 15 miles out to the country and enjoy drinking some wine. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on that. Yeah. I'd rather... Rockets or no? Yeah, but, you know, speaking of drinking... Um, have an article out of here from Jezebel. So Starbucks is another place people like to go, and Starbucks likes to do a lot of different things. You know, they had the peppermint uh, for the for the for the uh, winter time. They got the pumpkin spice. They have a strawberry flavor. They might have some kind of uniqueness for St. Patrick's Day. What kind of goofy nonsense is this? What is the nonsense uh, we're talking about here, Scoob? Starbucks is introducing an olive oil-infused coffee. Yes. I agree with the byline. This is a truly disgusting idea. Yeah. So, quoting is like, the twisted innovative minds behind the summer berry, banana, kata, frappuccino, and ice sugar, cookie, almond milk latte are introducing a brand new way make quote frantically search for the nearest toilets do you tell uh, me i know how I, you tell me i need a college level vocabulary just to order a drink from starbucks uh, <laughs> yeah, i mean so, look at those names it's like okay yeah i mean is this a coffee yeah. thing or you know just a language or two yeah. away from a latin description yeah. of, a, of a genus speaking, and subspecies speaking of latin they're calling this drink the oletto and quote it represents the next revolution in coffee that brings together an alchemy of nature's finest ingredients uh, acrobatic coffee beans and Patrona cold pressed extra virgin olive oil. That no. comes from the words of Howard Schultz, no CEO no. of Starbucks. No, I am Star. not drinking that. I like olive oil on certain things, not in my coffee. I like to cook with it. I don't like to drink it. Speaking of being angry at things, so uh, really? this is reported out of our news, news affiliate six uh, from Augusta and ABC. So, all right, so we all love chicken. You love chicken. You like chicken, Scuba? You like chicken. You've I mean, got, it you've is got... the most common food you can get. Yeah, and you like Popeyes. You've had Popeyes before, right? I've had a, I've I've had had a few so, times. So this is a uh, a Popeyes out in uh, Richmond County. Um, this is in Georgia. Richmond County is where Augusta is. So basically what happened is, is that um, somebody went to order some food, and they made an error with uh, biscuits. They didn't have any biscuits. But the manager says that they made them fix the mistake to correct the biscuits. But the thing is, uh, the person that, that didn't get the biscuits initially was pissed off. So um, a witness who allegedly waited in line with Miller told them to hurry and get their order because she was coming back. She being the person that got mad. So she decided to come back, crash the building, and, and crash the building with her SUV because they didn't give her biscuits on the initial order. So, so, um, yeah. This is... <laughs> so, Belinda H. Miller, age 50, allegedly used her vehicle offensively by driving it into the Popeyes and Walton Way on Saturday, almost hitting another woman who was standing inside the restaurant at the time. 
Where is the I, I what the and hell? The, the the funny thing is that the manager corrected the order. So this was just Holy <laughs> hell. I mean and this wasn't even for the chicken, it was for the biscuits. But but seriously, it's it's the <laughs> fact that you know it, now I'll throw this out there. My wife, she gets up in the morning and she's getting her coffee ready. She tends to watch these YouTube channels full of people who are this damn stupid. Stupidity has I no mean, boundaries. And I, it was like, it's like, what in the world? Where did you guys think this was appropriate behavior? I mean, I remember seeing a video on Instagram not too long ago. It was a guy who was a who's who's a repo man, repossessed a vehicle in the drive. He's in the street. The owner of the vehicle that got repossessed. I think I know which one you're talking about. Comes out with an axe. <laughs> yes, I've seen this video. Cut the towing, cut the tow vehicle free of the jeep, and it's just like, or or that one where the lady took the the, the guy has a, is using a portable cherry picker to do some work. And the neighbor, who's so offended by this piece of equipment, comes over with a set of pruning shears and cuts the hydraulic lines. People are just... What in the... I'm sorry, but these are people who are older than me. Like I said, age 50. And it's like, did you... What part of... Did you not remember your parents telling you this is not appropriate behavior? Yeah, it's not I mean, appropriate. Where in the world do they think this is appropriate behavior to act this damn stupid? It's uh, there's no proper decorum here, and the fact that the manager corrected the order just states to the fact that this person had no yeah, logical props sense. Props to the manager for you know taking care of the customer. As a, those of us who work in a customer service type environment, you got to make sure you you take care of your customers. It's 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 one of those things you do, but. It's, it's like, regardless of what he did, it's this individual decided today was the day they were going to act the fool. <laughs> and they acted the fool. And the funny thing is, to me, it's still going to come back around. This was even about the chicken. I'm not, you're not going to act violent for chicken. Not even for the chicken. It was for the biscuits. It, it does. At this, at that point, it doesn't matter whether it was for the chicken or the fries or the, or the beans or whatever was on the menu. It was this person decided today was the day they it were. It was gonna, the day they were going to act a fool. The day and they went and acted the fool. Two twenty three. The day that I decided, heck, I am going to drive my vehicle inside this Popeyes because I didn't get my biscuits. But hey, you know. You know what? Since we're talking about act a fool, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go pull that song so we don't have any 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 copyright because it's it's a good song that's in my head right now. And we are gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up for this week. Skadoosh. So uh thank you everybody for watching. Uh thank you everybody for listening. Uh remember you can check us out on all the major podcast networks. We are Scuba and the Rye. Uh thank you again, Rye, for another another evening of conversation and entertainment. Namaste. And uh we will wish you all a happy, safe week. Remember to leave us a review, give us a like, all those things, and we will see you on our next episode. Good night, everybody. Peace. Don't act a fool. <laughs>